Hello! Hello and welcome! To Couplescape! Yay, Couplescape! I'm Emma. And I'm Paige. Um, I was saying that I were so cheerful today, and then you were like, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so I'm not a good read. See, apparently. I'm really good at putting on a facade of cheerfulness. You're dressed I so always, brightly. I always dress brightly. You might have noticed. I want everything... to take a picture of this. <laughs> And put it on the thing, because I feel like seeing you in this dress, I'm like, that's a cheerful dress. You can't be sad in that dress. Yeah, you can. I do it all the time. <laughs> I always wear bright prints. You do? I always wear bright prints. See, maybe you need to do what I do and only wear black and gray, and then all the time you're... No, never mind. I'm not a very sunny person <laughs> either. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I am in a great mood. Well, congratulations. I thought I'm you were happy. too, and I thought it was because we had the best Friday night maybe ever. <laughs> We went for Dylan's birthday. We went to Dart Wars, which is a Nerf gun palace. <laughs> <laughs> and we went and shot a bunch of little kids. And I, I had the best goddamn time with you. <laughs> Dylan it was and his, really great. Di- we were paired against Dylan and his friends. And, and. Uh, tall dad. <laughs> and about, I don't know, 400. 400. To 12 year olds. 12 year olds. And then on our team, there's yellow team, yeah. who were a bunch of douchebags, a bunch of cheaters, and then orange team, which was all six-year-olds, and us, but a lot of integrity on orange team, I gotta say. Like, I, what, I, they kept praising us, being like, orange team, a lot of, a lot of honesty, because we would put our hands up when we were shot and just say, pardon, pardon. I totally got hit on accident. Oops. Yeah, to- yeah, that was for sure. The other team, they, you would shoot, like, there was this one kid who just would stand in the middle of the middle of the whole floor. (laughs) And he had an actual dart gun where we were playing with discs. We were playing with like the gun they gave you. And you could shoot him six times and he would never go out. Yeah. And he just stood there with his arms up like, Oh, I'm the first future Brock Turner. (laughs) And I was like, I see you frat boy. I had no idea. I was kind of like, well, I'll go because I'm game to do anything. But I was thinking, well, it would be more fun if it was, like, family and friends and you knew everybody playing. And then I went, and I was like, there is so much satisfaction in, like, shooting a small child that you don't know. (laughs) So (laughs) much. Like, forget this pick on somebody your own size. I am all for, like, taking out somebody who is half your size. Um, If you've never been to one of these places, it's like a warehouse they fill with boxes so that you can like duck and roll and hide and stuff. And then they pair, they give you everybody nerf guns, you, and you do teams, you do capture the flag and like other stuff, but then you pair off and you shoot everybody. And the lights are out. Is this, well, this was a special one. It was called neon night. So the lights oh. were out and there was all black lights and everything was in neon. It's not always like that. Sometimes oh, really? the lights that are on. That was really good. That adds a whole <laughs> other layer of adrenaline being in the dark with a bunch of kids and everybody screaming. <laughs> um, like the second, I've done it. If, I've done it probably five times now because the kids—that's where they always want to go for their birthdays. And every time I've gone, I've been amazed by how much, like, just pulling into the parking lot, my adrenaline goes through the roof. Like my heart starts pounding as I'm paying. I'm like, I just get super into it. Yeah, because they also play like really hardcore loud music. Yeah, like a kind of like techno EDM stuff, but yeah. also with like a really heavy beat, and it just it just gets your blood pumping. <laughs> what what do you need, babe? Our producers here, Dylan Haas, everybody. Thank you so much. He's Dylan Haas. Sometimes fixing our sound problems. Being perfectly silent. I, bring me up. No, yeah, we were saying thanks for producing. Um, Henry's just sneezing in the bed. Oh, okay, okay. 
Now, I also, I really, really enjoy not just shooting the kids, which I feel like you're right. That is a level of satisfaction. Watching an eight-year-old's face fall, and it's his birthday, you know, and he just got shot in the first 30 seconds, and you're like... By, like, a middle-aged woman. Yeah, and you're like, fuck off, Hunter, you know? That's wonderful. Yeah. But I also... Take that, Tyson. <laughs> I also greatly, greatly enjoy shooting the dads. Because there's always a couple... Every time I've gone, there's a couple of dads who are clearly, like... They're there because they're like gonna fucking regulate, you know? And they're like, all right. And they're like yelling strategy at these little kids, like a bunch of six year olds and stuff. And I just pick out that one dad and I shoot him in the first 30 seconds every time. So he just has to go sit up. Well, that poor guy, he was like six foot five. Yeah. No, he wasn't so hiding. There's no way, he, there was no way for him to hide. So he was just like galumphing around. <laughs> like, yeah, let's see you to get down on your knee. Get like me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, I was five too. I was I, I was this. army crawling. I was ducking and rolling. Oh, I had the most fun. Yeah, I actually have uh, carpet burns on my knees and the tops <laughs> of my feet. Perfect. Yeah. So. I I um I'm a very patient person in every aspect of my life, like very hard to anger. And I think maybe Dart Wars is the only place that uh like that kid who was standing in the middle, there was a kid with a crossbow. There's always a kid with a crossbow, Nerf gun, who you'll shoot him. And he's like, nah. And he just keeps shooting you. And you're like, I shot you first. And they have like the repeaters. So he's just like, thup, 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 thup. and you're like, I shot you 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, and that kid, I, I have lost my shit a few different times at Dart Zone on that kid or Dart Wars on that kid. And just been like, you're out. I got you out. And then I'll be like, whoa, you're yelling at an eight year old over a dart game. Yeah. It's like, it brings out a, a justice side of me that I didn't know existed. So, so sad. It's perfect for me because I'm already extremely competitive at leisure sports. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like I don't want to play like sports sports. I've, I've ended friendships yeah. at mini golf. Because yeah. we've gotten so into it that it, and I'm bad at mini golf. To be clear, I'm the shit. I'm just shit at all the sports, basically. But I we like get too into it and start shouting at each other at mini golf. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. I have no skills, but I'm extremely competitive, which gives you somewhat of an edge. Like yeah, bocce ball, uh, croquet. On a river trip, we played this new one that or new to me called Cub or mm-hmm. Cube, K U B B, and it's um. You set up these posts, these wooden posts, and you try and throw the and hit these dowels. Yeah, and I think I lost my voice screaming <laughs> at the top of my that's, lungs. An, that's another one. Like like croquet. My adrenaline gets goes through the fucking roof when I play croquet. Yeah. Like I get all like and it's weird because I'm I always thought of myself as like not a competitive person. And no, absolutely. I'm oh. super competitive. I went to uh to grad school in Indiana, in Bloomington, that we've talked about. I love you, Bloomington. And that's where I learned how to play cornhole, mm-hmm. which is one of my all-time favorite leisure sports. I really like a game that I can play and still hold my beer. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's hot. I only need one hand for this beanbag. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, cornhole is another one. We were we were playing that um, when we stayed down at Stanhope's house for Super Bowl. We played that, like, kind of constantly. Yeah. And on the off time when everybody else was like inside drinking, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go uh, outside for a minute. And I'd go practice <laughs> cornhole because I was so bad at it. And I was like, unacceptable. See, unacceptable. we don't have cornhole in Idaho. 
And my family's big proponents of leisure sports and are always looking for new yeah, leisure sports. Have. So when I went there, I was like, you guys, I've discovered this new game and it's going to go over like gangbusters. And so we ma- I had my brother-in-law actually fabricate, get, get the pattern for a cornhole set and he made it. And then my other, my brother painted it and we gave it to my dad for Christmas. It was huge. It went <laughs> over like crazy. Best gift I ever made him. I was like, that's a great you're, you make that for my life this yeah. Christmas. They, oh, would, they would yeah. love that. Yeah. That's a really good idea. And then I, I sewed the bean bags. And... Yeah. That's a cute, cute gift. You're so good at gifts. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so bad. This leads in perfectly to the next thing. Um, just so anybody's clear, we we crushed at Dark Wars. Uh, yeah, totally won. We two out of five games. I think it was like two out of ten actually. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. we were. But the spirit was there. And it was really unfair though because they did have four, five. They dads. had five dads and and we and and we then had, a bunch of twelve year old rows. We had a bunch of babies and we had at least seven girls. Yeah, like I don't want to run some gender lines down here, but let's be fair that. All the little boys were very on the offensive, and the girls were hangers back. You know, like the girls played more defensively. Strategic. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're much more defensive. Yeah, so we lost. <laughs> yeah. um, In my heart, I won. So Friday, so Friday was Dylan's birthday, and um, I'm so. Bad. And guess who else's birthday it was? Who's? Melanie from Lava. Melanie from Lava. <laughs> we have really not given her enough shout Melanie, outs. Melanie, really. happy birthday. Yeah. I hope she did something really fun. I hope she went to Dart Wars <laughs> for her birthday. Maybe you're going to by now. I think actually she went and took like a lake vacation, which seems more appropriate. That does seem a little more adult. But when we were kids, she would have a birthday party annually where there was always a water balloon fight. Oh, that's great. I do that so with my kids too. I yeah. hope. And they would have coolers of water balloons. That's, yeah. So. They have these things now where you just hook a hose up and a hundred water balloons come out tied. It what? is the most magic thing. Like, I got them for the kids for um, Calvin's birthday and we filled a bunch of coolers with them. And it's like, you're like, foomp, foomp, foomp. there's 700 water balloons. Part guys. of that feels like cheating because it's... before you would have to like start days before. And it was <laughs> and kind of like, crippled and be like, I've got 40 water balloons. My arsenal is complete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it feels like maybe that's warm. It's it's pretty nice, actually. <laughs> but so his birthday was Friday, and he's so hard to shop for anyway. He's just the kind of guy who doesn't ever want anything. So I had this idea. I was like, well, and I'm also so broke right now, super, super broke, because I took six weeks off. So I was like, I'll make him something. I'll make him something nice. And um, so I, <laughs> because I'm not a thoughtful person like you who just had something in mind, I Googled uh Quick and easy homemade boyfriend <laughs> gifts. <laughs> Thank God for the internet. <laughs> and what I what I stumbled on, um, and let's let's include a link on the Facebook page yeah. so people can look. I stumbled on this Pinterest so that was a thousand and one boyfriend gifts. Perfect. Um, and I was like, oh, perfect. But in going through this list of boyfriend gifts, I was like, what? And th- I'm sorry, this is probably super gendered gender normative and I apologize and if I'm wrong and you're the kind of guy who's like I would fucking love that please feel free to tweet at us and I'm sorry but no man and most women that I know I was picturing so one of the gifts was you fill um the your bedroom with helium balloons and each of the balloon has a little note tied to it 52 balloons one for each week each note each balloon is held down by a note tied to it that says something you love about that person and i was just picturing dylan walking into a room full of balloons and being like what the fuck is this shit 
I thought, like, God, I, and then being so annoyed at having to clean up the mess and like having to read 52 notes, having to write 52 notes, having to come up with 52, 52 things, things. I like to come it. up with mm, the good seven. <laughs> I was like, that's the most annoying gift. And every gift was kind of like that. Like, um, a bunch of jars with different kinds of candy in them with a note inside that says something cute, like, you know, about the candy and like why it reminds you of them and like a little note, you know, glued to a thing or like one of them was this, a scrapbook that had 52 pages and it was our first, it was for our first anniversary and it was our first year together. And you had a memory from every week. Holy. And I was like, if someone gave me that, I would get a fucking restraining order. If someone after our first year of dating was like, I made you this scrapbook of our first year. I'd be like, you're a terrifying human being. Um, and every gift was kind of like that. Pretty forced sentimentality kind of stuff. Forced sentimentality. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to put it. And I was, and I was like, what man would be like, ex- what person even would be super excited to come home to, a room full of balloons instead of oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> I've never dated that guy, but I'm guessing he's in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> Your next breakup story, like, yeah, I kept trying to give him head, and he was like, do you got any balloons? <laughs> I do always think, like, oh, God, what's next? Because, you know, <laughs> like, once I said I would never date a guy that was, like, obsessed with the gym, you know, obsessive workout guy but then of course I dated that world champion powerlifter yeah and so I'm always thinking you know when I've said what I don't want it's always happened to me yeah so you're so careful now right (laughs) well and then I'm like oh god I haven't dated like a really religious guy oh when's that coming oh man (laughs) so maybe the really religious guy will also be the guy who loves balloon guy yeah maybe yeah like a really nice Lutheran or something (laughs) don't knock a Lutheran (laughs) Never knock. I'm not knocking a Lutheran. <laughs> Actually, it would be so much better for him to be a Lutheran than a lot of other things. Um, I just I thought it was just so funny because like I I always really struggle. So what did you decide? Well, I, so I always really struggle with gifts for that reason because I'm like lazy a little bit also. But I but I'm kind of like, well, why don't I just make you a cake and give you a blowjob? Like, that like, cake that's really. Great. I I'm good at those two things. Yeah, oral sex so, and cake. Like let me do. do those. I don't want to tie a bunch of balloons off. It's exhausting. <laughs> so, um, I actually, but actually in, and so what I made him was, I made him a little, um, he's been meditating and he, we don't have a quiet place in the house for him to meditate. You're, you're it's chaos. Me. <laughs> so I made him, I cleaned out one of the storage rooms and added it to a bunch of other shit and got rid of stuff and made him a little shrine and a little place to meditate, like a little quiet place that's a, removed from everybody. And he loved it and it was great. Um, but, and I also made him a cake and all that other crap and, you know, of course, but, um, I had this realization in going through, uh, that list that that Pinterest is how we solve sexism. That if we just as a, as womanhood, we all unite and we're like, tell you guys, stop misogyny, <laughs> do it however you want, fellas, not our business. Tell you stop. It's all Pinterest. No blowjobs, all Pinterest from here on out. So if you want blowjobs instead of balloons, nailed it. Fix it. <laughs> like I just feel like maybe that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking like you know you don't have a problem with misogyny with with Dylan, so why does he then have to 
but suffer because I think what happens with guys is the good ones don't police the bad ones because they don't want to get involved. They don't want to seem uncool. So what I see a lot of times happen, like in comedy at least, um, is one really bad guy treating women like shit and a bunch of guys not really getting involved. Yeah. Because they don't want to, they don't want to rock the boat or they don't want to deal with the consequences or that guy's their friend and they're like, well, I mean, other than being really shitty to half the population, he's a good dude, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're like, yeah, you're the good guy. I don't have any problems with misogyny with you. That sucks, brother. <laughs> Sorry. And then you make him a little scrapbook of 52 <laughs> weeks of sexism and you give it to him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not foolproof. I think it's an idea, though. It is an idea. I wish that we could just really just get to the heart of those jerk guys, though. Yeah. Well, you know? I, it hurts us, too. You know, yeah. like, I, I t- it's not like I don't like giving blowjobs. I love it. That's, I'd much rather. Yeah, that means you've got to tie off those 52 balloons. Yeah, I have to own craft glue. You yeah. know, like, you're doing this to me. Like, they are, they're doing it. And I already I, own craft glue. I had to buy I'm them. set up. <laughs> you're set up for this. You're dug in. Yeah, you got I the am. trenches yeah. built. I do. I have all the trinkety trinkety art crap. Like, <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm up. But my problem is I don't have a boyfriend. To, like I haven't dated somebody for a year. Yeah, but <laughs> so so I'm gonna spring that on new guy. Yeah, well, no, because even the guys, even single guys who are just looking, you know, to have fun, you're like, nah, sorry, sisterhood. Oh, and yeah. then and then so, you you give them a little jar full of gummy bears. Single that says, forever. I very like you. <laughs> we'll get you a Hitachi. You'll be fine. Everybody's gonna be fine. We're gonna be good. I think it's not a bad idea. Okay, well, we'll discuss it among all women. Yeah, oh, at the meeting. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring it up at the meeting. <laughs> all in motion of denying sex and uh, tell sex. I just really want to get laid, so. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get maybe a cheek. Maybe there's going to be, like, a pass for poor, sad sack, middle-aged women. No. Oh, I thought you meant men. I was like, no, those are the guys that we're talking about. <laughs> no, they don't get a pass. No, okay. But maybe I get a pass. I don't, that would, oh. This is why it never works, Jocelyn. <laughs> because your vagina ruins everything. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? I um, let's talk. I can't comment on this. Oh, let's talk about cologne. I'm not going to comment. <laughs> well, every time we come in, okay, so we do the podcast in Emma's bedroom because yeah. yes, because it's the quietest place in the house and it has all the equipment. And the dog Chip is here, and he won't bother us. Um, but Dylan always sets it up. And then, inevitably, before he leaves the room, he puts on cologne. Every time. I don't know. <laughs> it's so surprising to me, because there was a time in my life, probably 15 years ago, where all the men that I knew and dated and was in the vicinity of wore cologne. It was during the Calvin Klein, or CK1, Obsession, what else? Um, uh, it's like all those colognes. Sean Jean. Yeah, the all Yeah, the, it was yeah. Like, like for whatever reason, cologne was really big, maybe 15, 20 years ago. And I don't know anybody now that wears cologne. I don't work with anybody that wears cologne. I don't date anybody that wears cologne. And so it's kind of shocking to me. And also, it takes me right back to that <laughs> time in my life, which was not a good time. Yeah. You know, it's like, it just, you know, smell is one of those those sensory memory things that can immediately transport you. Yeah. And so 
every time we do this podcast, I'm immediately transported back to 23, <laughs> dating some 36 year old. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah it was some older guy who could afford cologne. Yeah. And would just who had a, who had a, a, must, a convertible Mustang and thought that was the bossest thing ever. <laughs> I did that. Maybe too. he had a Dodge Neon. Oh, see, I was, I was dating the guy with the, the convertible at the time. But yeah, yeah, those guys. So, and then of course I always say something to Dylan, and he gets so offended because oh he's God. like, he's got to defend himself, which I suppose there really isn't any. That's why anything I wrong that's with why I can't comment on wanting to be I'm clean not and to smell good but no, he you know for me it's a it's a trick I it's I like once it's been a couple hours yeah I like it but when it first goes on it is so overpowering we have this fight once a month because I'll be like oh my god you're wearing so much cologne and he'll be like you're on your period and your nose <laughs> is really sensitive when you're on your period. And he's like, the rest of the month, you don't even notice that I wear cologne. And then once a month, you're like, oh, my God, you wear so much cologne, which might be true. But I'm like, you should just maybe skip it for a week <laughs> because for a week, I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. So do you wear perfume? No. I, I own actually, perfume and I will occasionally, but it's really I only think to do it when I'm really dressed up. No, um, I actually have a very sensitive system and yeah. um cologne is one of those things like Dylan will put that on and I'll sneeze 75 times right and I have so if I put cologne <clears throat> perfume on myself I just start sneezing and sneezing and sneezing so yeah I don't really wear anything I have lotion you know but like I don't really wear perfume 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 to me the smell of perfume always all my friends who smoked right whose parents didn't know put perfume on and they were always wearing tons of perfume so for me perfume is just a smoker smell like it's That's not what an Febreze is to me. <laughs> Febreze is punk rock house smell because I had a, we had a, a roommate named Dirty Chris who reeked so bad that one time he made my pregnant sister throw up when he got into the car and he would Febreze himself instead of showering, like his, just his whole outfit or changing clothes. So Febreze for me, that smell immediately kind of makes my gorge rise because it's dirty Chris smell. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely like dirty hippie yeah. boyfriend who wore polyester shirts from the bowling DI. shirts. Yeah, bowling mm-hmm. shirts from the DI and like picked it up off the floor and Febreze it. And it's like, thank you so much for the effort. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I actually Febreze my dog once <laughs> because he got sprayed by a skunk and it really actually worked did it it was the one thing that's actually that's pretty amazing so but then he smelled like dirty ex hippie boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) to me to rub it i was like what's tomato juice (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah i don't typically like cologne but it's also the kind of thing um i don't like i think i don't normally notice it but yeah but also i can't really comment i i notice it only because i feel like i I'm not around it anymore. And it does, you know, if I get in an elevator, for instance, like at the bank. Yeah. And all of the middle-aged men are wearing the same cologne they've been wearing for a hundred years. And I'm like, Oh God, it's it's just, I don't know. It's also, I certainly, uh, there are a couple of colognes that really, I don't like, Yeah, you know, that are, very particular where I'm like, Ugh. yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, like if yeah. I smell somebody wearing obsession, <gasps> what I really want to do, like I really like when I have to get up really close to smell the way somebody smells mm-hmm. like, like in their neck, like I don't yeah. want to smell somebody 
from three feet away. Yeah. Yeah. You should be, you shouldn't be able to smell them at all until you're on them. Yeah. Agreed. And then that is really sexy. I'm like, oh wow, you smell so good. I will say there's, um, there's a, a friend of mine of ours actually in Boise. I'll tell you who it is later. Um, who, and I don't, I don't wear a cologne or anything. I, I use a little bit of lotion and crap like that. Like we've discussed every time, every time we hug, he always has a different comment for, and he's, you know, he's an artsy fartsy guy. He always has a different comment. And one time he gave me a hug and he smelled me and he goes, Oh my God, you smell like a woodland meadow. <laughs> and I, t- I told Dylan that, and that has always been our like, you said, girl, you smell like a woodland meadow. <laughs> and he, there, there was a bunch of those that he said to me, straight man, by the way, not a gay man, very straight, usually very good with the ladies, but I just started laughing so hard. One time he said, you smell like, um, you smell a, like a little bit like cotton candy, like the fair. And I was like, I think you think that's a compliment or like you've been at the fair cotton candy. Like you've been at the fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I smell like suave. <laughs> yeah. I smell like, um, I think it's probably from washing my face with honey. I think yeah. I sm- and stuff cause I wash with honey. I think I probably smell a little bit fruity or something like that, you know? Like a woodland meadow, really. Oh yeah, probably Might like be a, a wood- woodland meadow uh, lotion. You know what people say about me? It's <laughs> not like a woodland meadow. Um, I. What else do you want to talk about? There's something. Oh, the Olympics are on. Are you watching the Olympics? I am sort of on and off. I'm actually more of a winter Olympic sport fan. Yeah. I do like to watch the Olympics. I love the um. The packages where they tell you, where they make the, you know, the athletes seem like human people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, she's just like a mom and, you know, her mom's here and, yeah. you know, like everybody's so regular. Where they make you cry. Yeah. I love that. I'm like, I'll buy into that. Oh, yeah. 100%. I love when they're like, she lost her mom a year ago. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> And it reminds me of watching the Olympics when I was a kid and my parents, we didn't, we weren't allowed to watch a lot of TV, but we always got to watch the yeah. Olympics and oh my gosh, I just remember like watching Mary Lou Retton with my dad. Yeah. And, um, the gymnastics is probably my favorite. Yeah. I and, just, and the diving. Yeah. For Greg, remember when Greg Luganis hit his head? Yes. I mean, it brings up all of that. Yeah. So I do. I was really disappointed last night when I was watching the, uh, women's swimming and there was this fantastic woman who was from Hungary, I think, mm-hmm. and she beat the world record by two seconds. Yeah. And they kept talking about her husband slash coach. Like she wouldn't be there if it wasn't for her husband. They shot, coach. She won and she's standing there like pumping her fist. And then they shoot to him. They kept shooting the camera over to him and showing him over and saying, they literally said she wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for her husband slash coach. <laughs> And, and then later, like they were, they, they were interviewing her. They cut away from her interview to show him again and to be like, really, a lot of the credit goes to her husband here. I'm and sorry. I was like, what? Two seconds. She beat a world record. Yeah. I don't care how fucking awesome. All these people have coaches. Yeah. Everybody, you know, is an athlete with a coach. Why do they got to talk about this They would this guy never this do much? that with Michael Phelps. Never. They would never. Like, they would never shoot, you know, be talking to Michael Phelps, shoot to his, his wife. Not that he has one, but shoot to his wife and be does. like, um, does he? Maybe. Who knows? His wife's like, <laughs> we'll find out the package tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did have a baby and I think he named it something like Buster or something. Oh gosh. 
Yeah. Well, but they would never do that to no. him and be like, he never. Over. he's only here because of his wife's flesh coat. And like, they didn't just ridiculous. do it once. They no. did it over and over and, and over. And they kept showing later in the program, they kept showing the shot of him jumping up and down again and like just amazing support. I feel like that happens to me a lot where I'm on a podcast or I'm being interviewed for something and they're like, they'll ask me about Dylan and about like him being supportive. And Dylan is amazing. He is so supportive. He's an incredible, it's incredible that he'll watch six kids. Like, I'm not downplaying how fucking great he is, but they will add, they will praise him to such a level that I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, do you praise Jim Gaffigan's wife so this much? Thing, yeah, yeah, no, you fucking don't. You'd and they'll be like, God, up. he is so supportive of you. Like, you really couldn't do this without him. It is amazing that he'll let you go do this. And I'll be like, tone it down. Tone it down a little. And I've even said that on podcasts where I'm like, yeah, you're making a kind of a big deal out of it. Like, if I was a dude, you'd just be like, sure, your wife is home with the kids. Anyway, that's boring. Go right, ahead. Right. You know, like, proceed. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. But because it's like, oh, my God, wow, that's amazing he's letting you have this career. I really, all the credit stick goes to him. <laughs> that's incredible. The other thing that happens to me all the fucking time is people think Jeff and I are dating because since we tour together and people have come up to him after shows, men and women, will come up to him and shake his hand and be like, Emma was hilarious. To him, and but like, be like, oh, your girlfriend's so funny. Your girlfriend is great. But they're like giving him credit right. for, and I'm standing <laughs> right there. Like they don't say, you were so funny. They're like, your girlfriend's so funny. Good job with that. I'm like, what the fuck? So yeah, I feel for that swimmer. I was super annoying. Yeah, but I'm excited to watch the Olympics, and I do like having some like self-directed TV that I can watch and then discuss with other people. Cause I don't always, yeah, I'm not a big TV watcher and people have, you know, conversations about TV shows and I'm often left out. Like, oh. <laughs> I live for the Olympic nap. I feel like there's nothing as great and as satisfying as dozing off on the couch to the Olympics. Like with, because all the announcer voices are the same as they were four years ago, you know, it's yeah. kind of the same people. And it's like, your brain remembers these people and it's just like so comforting to just doze off during those and to kind of just like not really pay attention. Oh, I love it. Especially during like the boring stuff like bicycling. Yeah. Like you're just like, oh, that's great. You know, <laughs> I love it. I also, it, it doesn't make you ever feel like a sack of shit. Oh, no, it's just, no, it's, um, I love to watch other people be really active while I nap or, like, I love to eat chips while watching The Biggest Loser, like, or to eat pizza or something and just be like, you guys are <laughs> crushing it. Good job. <laughs> See, there was this w- American swimmer yesterday, Dorado, Dorado, Dor- Maya, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, her dad showed her or took her picture in a Stanford t-shirt when she was little. And then they went on to say that she had graduated from high school at 13 and went to <laughs> Stanford at 17. In the meantime, she's this amazing swimmer. And then they're like, and she's here with her husband tonight. And she's like 22. I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, and she has a, <laughs> an amazing job waiting for her. I was like, fuck off. You know, like, yeah. couldn't she like one of those things would be enough. Yeah. You know, instead of just being like all these things. And plus she's had a successful relationship. It's like she'd be a, and she was pretty and she course. had her nails done perfectly. I was like, she even had time to get her nails done. Of course. No, I don't I don't relate to those people <laughs> at all. They're like a different species to me. Like if we if we were chimpanzees and they were orangutans. And so like well the things they do are not things I would ever do. I, those are not attainable. Like I don't have as long of a, a grip. So there's, it's fine. 
you know, like watching the volleyball, they were interviewing this, this woman who, um, she was, you know, she, they won the volleyball thing and she's like six, three. Oh yeah. She's mother, regular. mother, and they're like mother of three and blah, blah, blah. And she, she was like describing her life in LA and stuff. And I, I feel no kinship <laughs> to that woman at all. I'm like, yeah, you go do your orangutan business. I'm going to stay over here in tiny little monkey land <laughs> eating bananas and shit. You know, like, yeah, I don't, it doesn't make me feel in the least bit bad because, uh, no, because I wasn't built I, for that. I don't feel bad that I'm not an elite athlete, but I feel bad that maybe I haven't directed myself as well. Like I, like I should have had, I should have put more effort towards something specific to be really good at it. Instead of just kind of limping around kind of sort of doing some things. Okay. I don't know. I guess, um, maybe because you know what? I meet so many people. And often the people I'm sitting in, you know, first class only because I got bumped, not because I've ever bought a first class ticket. Like I'll be sitting next to somebody who is that person who is super driven, who's and they will talk to me and tell me how unhappy they are just because people do that. Yeah, to but me. I'm also unhappy. Yeah, but those people aren't any happier. <laughs> they and, have maybe more money. Oh, well, and maybe people like are more impressed with them. Okay, the money thing. Yeah, that would be fucking. Yeah, nice. should we talk about how zero money <sighs> we both have? So I had a total meltdown on Thursday because after paying for my kids' camp, I had $50 in the bank. 50 whole dollars. I have in... 45 right now, so cry me a So we're the same. <laughs> well, now I don't have 50. I, I And I was like, I'm 36 years old. I have three children. I have $50 in the bank until I go do comedy on Monday. I have 50 fucking dollars. And I just was, I like... I also, I, I've been, you know, in the part in the book that I've been writing, I've been talking a lot about sexism and comedy and the, you know, shit that men say and do to me. And like, um, I just had this sort of meltdown where I was like, I, it would be one thing. It'd be one thing if in comedy, um, I was, like you said, I was half-assing it for most of my life. I kind of dicked around and half-assed it and like, didn't really get anywhere and was like, Oh, whatever. And I think a lot of that was like a fear of failure of like, well, what if I throw myself at something and I fail? And then I was like, I have thrown myself at comedy. Like I've not, I've never thrown myself at anything. I've given up my dignity and my heart and my soul. And I've given up my time and like my whole life. And I've made every sacrifice. And I was like, and I have $50. Right. Like it's, I guess a lot, like if you went to the Olympics <laughs> and you had, you know, you blew out your knees and you did surgery and you gave up your life and you gave up your marriage and, and then you get there and you get last place, and you're like, oh, boy, what a waste, and I, I just felt really like, what the fuck am I doing, why am I, and I have that occasionally, like, today I feel fine, today I'm all excited to go to Chicago and Austin and Wisconsin, and I'm just like, yeah, like, comedy is fun, but sometimes, yeah, it's hard, if I was making really good money, I think it would be a lot easier justification for being away from my family, for being, you know, like, if I was making really good money, because I, I'm making artist money still, you know, like, yeah, I, I think for me, I, I work really hard. I work three different jobs. I've had, you know, I've chosen a specific career and I've, you know, slowly worked my way up the ladder, but I still work all the time. Mm -hmm. I only ever work. That's the only thing that I do. I don't have a life outside of that. And so for me, it's like how I can be so broke. Like I have to go to the store after this and I have my list, but I'm going to whittle it down and I'm only going to get dryer sheets and rice vinegar 
and maybe one other thing Mm -hmm. because that's all I can get until the next time I get paid. And it's totally humiliating. It is humiliating. And I'm like, oh, I have to go to the store and I have to buy like these three things. And I think, well, then what is the point of working so hard and doing such a good job if I can't ever get on top of it? Yeah. And at what point do I feel like I'm, I'm making a little bit of progress, you know, like, it's everything seems to come so slowly mm-hmm. and there's so little satisfaction out of doing, which I what I think of as like, I'm doing the right thing. You know, I got a really good education and I went and got a, a graduate degree. And then, you know, like I started at the bottom and I've totally worked my way up. And yeah. Still, I'm working two extra jobs just so that I can have 45 bucks to buy fucking rice vinegar. Yeah. You know, for five and let that last for five days. Not that I'm just eating vinegar, but <laughs> men, I'm like I'm menu right planning. <laughs> no, yeah, I so I, I discouraging. I did. I was really discouraged for like a day, and then I started. I started to feel better just because I was like, you know, the only difference is, is I really do love what I do. You yeah. know, like I, I don't. I'm not making any money, but I also. I have a lot of friends who also are doing comedy full time who aren't getting a lot of the cool opportunities that I have gotten to have. And I've gotten to do a lot of really amazing, fun stuff. And and really, like, and what's my your comedy is, anniversary? Like, how long have you been? Four years this in, like, a week. It's August 19th, I think. Four years. Which is crazy. And people will even say, like, you're a fucking baby in this. Like, you, yeah. you the shit you're doing is not four years in shit. Right. Um, But, like, recently, Jeff and I had kind of an argument because, you know, we we have such polar opposite work ethics, you know, where he is really where, laid back. Where he has none. <laughs> <laughs> where he's super, Maybe like a mini work ethic. <laughs> he's super laid back and I'm super uptight. And he was, uh, and I was like, you need to fucking do this stuff. I need you to get on the ball here. And he was like, you need to chill out. You're still supposed to be on vacation. And he was like, you're a fucking workaholic. And I had the real, and afterward I was like, that's true. Cause sometimes I have bad boundaries with work and like, I, I have a hard time turning it off. But later I was like, that is a very recent thing. I was never, I was so lazy until I started comedy and it was, I'm 36. Like I have to make this work. I have to kick this into gear. Like I don't have, I think because I look younger, a lot of times people are like, you have all the time in the world. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm 36 and I have three kids. I have, I have, I have to, and I have six now, like I have to make this work so quickly. And so there's a lot of pressure on that. And I told him, I was like, I'm not a workaholic. I'm really under the gun, like to actually, you know, it, Dylan is making a lot of, um, he really is taking on a lot and makes a lot of sacrifices and is alone with the kids a lot. And I don't, I don't want to take advantage of that. And, and, you know, and I feel like if I'm making really good money, then that at least will free us up some and, and it'll be worth it, you know, in the long run. So yeah. I just feel a lot of pressure. I just yeah. feel like I have to fucking really make it work. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure in your, especially in your mid to late thirties. Mm-hmm. I, I never felt any before. Cause I always thought, well, I'm checking off the boxes and I'm working towards these goals and I'm doing these things. And now I feel like, okay, I need it. I need it to work now. Yeah. Like I did all these things and I have been, you know, you've been doing it for four years and you're a tremendous, tremendously successful for that amount of time. Put yeah. In. Yeah. Whereas I've been like, Oh yeah, I've actually been working in my field for about 18 years. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm still driving a car that my parents gave me. Yeah, I, you know? I think that's part of the reason I feel a lot a lot of pressure is because I didn't do anything I was supposed to. You know, I didn't finish college. I didn't get an education at all. You know, I have no other skill set. This is it. Like, I'm a great writer and a great comedian. And I was I was good at marketing. Like, I probably could fall back on doing freelance again. But, like, this is kind of it for me. If this doesn't work out, I don't have... You know, I don't have anything to fall back on. I don't have any other skills. And so I, this is it, you know? And I think I don't have the luxury. Like a lot of people, I, a lot of comedians I meet in their 20s are still kind of feeling it out. And, you know, they have like the room to kind of to play with it, you know? And I, I don't, I have to, Jeff is good for me in that respect because he reminds me to have fun and that it still should be fun and not just all stress and work and stress and work, you know, which is lucky. I'm really excited about this week, actually. If you're, I, I'll have Dylan put this out. If you're in Chicago, come see me and Jeff. We're opening up, we're doing a soft open, like Rolling Stones. Like the Rolling Stones. In Chicago, the 8th, 9th, and 10th at North Bar. And Tuesday is Jeff's birthday. How old is Jeff going to be? 38. And he wow. is freaking out a little bit. So talk about, uh. He should be. Oh, You shit. know what? I was just finishing up 39. And it's a real shit show. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was like, not feeling good about it. I'm trying, I'm going to try and make it a really fun birthday. So maybe we can distract from <laughs> the stress of that. And actually one of our fans is taking us to a Cubs game that oh, day. Lucky. Yeah. I'm super excited. I've never been to a baseball game. What? Yeah. I, I mean, I've been to like, you know, little, I've been to a Hawks game like 20 oh years, 20 years ago, but I've never been to a, we've major- never talked about how obsessed I am with major league baseball. Are you really? <laughs> you didn't know that I paid for the, 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 um, MLB channel only, and I only watch baseball. Oh, I think I remember. And you said you only like to watch it alone because people talk to you. Yeah, because everybody mm-hmm. wants to have an opinion and like have yeah. conversation about it. Yeah, no, that's so funny. Yeah, so I'm really jealous you're going to uh, Yeah, it should be really fun. <laughs> I'm excited. We're gonna do Chicagoy stuff, and then after that, I go to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, um, which is one of my favorite rooms in the country. It's such a cool, sweet little room. And then I go to Austin to the Velve, which is my other, like all these places are going, they're like my three favorite venues. And so I'm really excited to, this week will be really fun. I think it'll be, don't blow it. I'm actually really nervous because I haven't done other than that quick trip to LA. And when you go to LA, you do seven to 15 minute sets, like quick stuff. I haven't done a long set in um, like two months. Yeah. But weren't you saying that that's more your style anyway? It's what you're better at. It is what I'm, yeah, I'm definitely better at, but I feel super out of practice and oh my God, talking to you right now, I'm getting like butterflies. I'm like nervous talking. <laughs> Do you want to practice? <gasps> Fuck. Plus these are all places I've been before. So I'm doing a bunch of new material and I am totally like, I don't even remember how to do this. And like, I feel super nervous. Really I, great. We'll see. I hope so. Um, I'm glad because like, uh, um, this is the first time too. Like this is the first time I'm headlining Eau Claire too. So it's kind of a big deal, you know. I'm just excited. I am excited for it. It'll be really fun. But I think uh, I'm just a little. And the tour is coming together. Tour is coming together. Yeah, we we've got some a lot of dates set up, and um, I I think well it'll be fun. It's a little stressful because it has been nice to be home, and it is kind of like holy shit. We have to go back to this crazy fucking week on week off schedule, and you know just hit all these towns so fast and so hard and. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be good. We're going to, we're going to be smarter about it than we were. We've learned, we learned a lot on the last tour. So <laughs> there'll be no more driving from, um, Eau Claire, Wisconsin to Pittsburgh in one day and then doing a show, I hope. So yeah. 
Good. Yeah. Well, I'll miss you around here. Wow. <laughs> my rice vinegar. Yeah, my rice. Well, I guess I'll just eat all this rice vinegar <laughs> myself. Fall pathetically in my house by myself. <laughs> Actually, I'll be I'll, right. I'll be back uh, in um a week. I'll be back next week. And my kids will be at camp the whole time I'm gone. So it's not like they'll even be missing me. Yeah, like they would anyway. I know. I mean, really. Actually, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do, but they play it very cool when I get home. <laughs> I'm like, hey, guys. And they're like, sup. You can go back to playing the Wii. And I'm like, okay. All right. Well, I'll just I'll see you. I'm going to make some dinner. No, they're good. And so you're t- touring. I've been updating my blog. I'm going to be transferring it over to its own website so that nice. you don't have to follow that stupid blog thing. Um, and then it's going to be fall before we know it. I know. It's going to be so quick, so quickly fall. I always get real sad about that. Even though I know everybody hates summer, I love the heat. I love summer. I love summer, and I love the heat. And every summer I'm always like, no, 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 don't get cold again. There is a smell in the air in Idaho that smells like back to school. Mm -hmm. And Is it smoke? I think it's wildfire smoke. It probably is like wildfire smoke. And, yeah, I don't know what the particular combination is, but as soon as I smell it, I get this horrible feeling in my stomach. I liked school. I was fine at school. But I I still, even at 39, smell that smell and get this horrible fall dread. I, I get the same thing. And, I you know, I think it's a weird personality trait where when it's just because summer equates happiness for me mm-hmm. for no reason. No. I had terrible summers as a child. I was sent up to my father's and it was awful. But for some reason, I still equate summer with this, like, Oh, a summer is a happy free time, and I'm always like, no, don't take my happy free time away, you know. Yeah. Like, I think for me, true. it's that winter is coming. Yeah. And I hate winter, and I hate the winter clothes. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to dig my sweaters out. I hate sweaters. Do you? They're I love a so sweater. So unflattering. The only thing I you like. You have great boobs. You look great in a sweater. I do not. I can't wear a cardigan to save my life. It's always pulling and and gapping and um all I ever want to do in the winter is wear like giant sweaters and leggings and boots yeah unflattering outfit I look 400 years old (laughs) I love sundress season yeah I do too I like fall I like fall because I like you can wear jeans and a boot and boots with a t-shirt that's my look yeah, like, see, I like can't wear jeans. Sleeve. I own, like, one pair of jeans, which I did have to wear. I had to go home and change for Dart Wars. That was amazing. <laughs> you were so cutely dressed, and then you had to go put your Dart Wars outfit on. <laughs> see, I also didn't really know what Dart Wars was. You're like, is I, it a heels or no heels situation? I wore heels. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Dylan was like, you're going to fall all over yourself. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I had to put on so. jeans. You have to be barefoot in there anyway. You no, you have to buy. I had to wear socks. Yeah, you have to be in socks at Dart Wars because I didn't wear socks. I was really unprepared. You guys didn't give me any heads up. Yeah, we we should have we should have been a little more clear about like the bring dress socks. Code. Don't wear a dress. Check 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 and check <laughs> knee pads if you got them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess um, I will see you in a week, and we'll check in about all my shows. 
And, and good I mean, luck. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for you to get back. No, it will be fun. No, it'll be fun. I feel like you'll be in a better mood. You've been kind of slogging through lately. <laughs> I have been slogging. No, and I do. I feel I feel more chipper. It's, isn't it nice to have something like on the horizon to look forward to? Like, yeah. like something's coming up. I yeah. think that's what happens to me when I get sort of in a depression. It's like, I don't have anything right now. Like, I had been looking forward to my rafting trip, and now I'm like, ugh. Yeah. You know, now i got to get back to business, and I don't really have anything on my calendar. So I think it was really hard for me to take the month off social media and then yeah. the almost two months off stand-up. Like, I think not having and, – and, like, working on the book, and I'm writing a lot of, like, heavier stuff in the book. Like, I think I just started to get really, really down and really depressed. and And I was. It was a slog. It was definitely a slog. Even though I liked being home with the kids, and, like, it was it was nice to just kind of be mellow and stuff. It was – it's hard for me to not be active like that. And um, I am excited to like get back out and do what I'm good at. And, you know, and that's a nice feeling. Like I'm not dreading going to work, which is nice. Yeah. That is nice. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, oh, and happy birthday, Melanie. Happy birthday, Melanie. And happy birthday, Dylan. And happy birthday, Dylan. And happy birthday, Jeff. And happy birthday, Lucille Ball. <laughs> She's just yesterday also. <laughs> All right. All right. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye.